0: Going on, New York giant fans. Welcome back to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe to on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops up and drops. If you're on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, please follow the podcast. So, obviously, different scenery around me. I'm in Pennsylvania for the weekend, which means I'll be watching the game here. And originally, I wasn't able to watch the game here because Washington and Philadelphia were going to be on, but because of the COVID outbreak across the NFL, they postponed that game, and I get to watch my game here, and I guess that's for better or worse because, yay, I get to watch my team, but they're probably going to get their ass kicked, so... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I don't expect this podcast episode to be long, guys, because what else do we have to say on the preview episode? It's this guy's injured and that guy's injured. What are the expectations? Especially this week. I mean, we talked about bad defensive performance a little bit last week. We talked about bad offense performance last week. Add the COVID list, injuries and all that. Aaron Robinson and Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney, who may come back for Sunday, but it's going to look really depleted, and it's going to look really bad on Sunday. I have close to no optimism about this game. I'm going to be honest. This is going to be the same thing every week from now on, unless Philadelphia gets hit with a super COVID outbreak, which... Obviously, I don't wish upon anyone. And with that being said, the Giants would still lose to Philadelphia, even if Gardner Minshew was starting. So that's the state we're at, Joe Judge's team, Dave Gettleman's team. And, well, the injuries have definitely hurt us, but even the team on the field is nowhere close to winning. So that's the state as Giant fans, but we do face the Cowboys this week. And I am prepared to talk about an ass-whooping on Monday's podcast. I should say Tuesday's podcast, but Monday's the day I record it. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Anyone who has optimism, I reward you. I envy you. So I also apologize for the lighting. There's like this one lamp that's here, and I usually have two rim lights and I only have one with me, but as I said the lighting isn't good. I apologize just focus on the quality of the content and the stuff I'm talking about in this podcast episode. Obviously if you're on YouTube on Spotify you guys can't see it. So let's talk about the injury report. I'm not gonna do the positional matchups because we've seen the Cowboys before and the Giants have only gotten worse. Yes, the Cowboys have slowed down a little bit compared to the first part of the year but with that being said, The Giants have gotten progressively worse, so you could say that the Cowboys are almost better in every single category. So, for the Dallas Cowboys, Tony Pollard is questionable with a foot injury, and it's funny because I printed out my usual paper, and it didn't print correctly, so I can't see, you know, who's out, who's questionable. The printer messed it up with the colors and stuff, so I have to look on my laptop, and now I just realize the Cowboys, they spelled foot with three O's, so I guess someone doesn't know how to spell, but not going to make fun of too many things on the Cowboys because, well, you know, they're going to come into MetLife Stadium, they're going to kick our ass this week, but Tyron Smith is out with an ankle injury, looks like Pollard's going to play, Tyron Smith obviously going to be out, so Terrence Steele will fill in a left tackle for Tyron Smith. Everyone else is set to play. Take a look at the Giants' injury report. Ben Bredesen is doubtful with an ankle injury. He probably would not have started anyway. Adore Jackson is out with a quad injury slash COVID-19. Austin Johnson is questionable with a foot injury, so that's very encouraging compared to earlier this week where he wasn't practicing. But then again, they've held most of their meetings, I believe, virtually. So it may be a estimation. Leonard Williams, tricep injury. He is questionable, so he could play. He may not play. Being questionable doesn't mean you're playing. But this week, we'll see. We'll see this week. And then Sterling Shepard is questionable, with a calf injury, so we'll see what happens. I think he'll play. I mean, this is just another one of those injury bumps for Sterling Shepard, but if he doesn't play, I will be very disappointed, but not surprised, but not surprised. And we'll go into practice squad protections and COVID replacements, so the Giants protected Farrell Cooper, David Moa, Jaron Williams, and Natural Jamerson because of the Giants' defensive back room. And what's weird is now that David Moe was signed as a COVID replacement and Natural Jamerson was put on the COVID list, along with J.R. Reed. So this is the current defensive backroom for the New York Giants. James Bradbury, Keon Crossan, Julian Love, Stephen Parker, Jaron Williams, and Logan Ryan. Assuming that Jaron Williams was signed onto the active roster. Which I'm going to presume. And I forgot that they signed Evan Bain to the practice squad. They also signed Jalen Smith to the practice squad. So that's probably going to be insight related. They're probably not going to play him. Because why would they play him? Not Not even getting him into practice. But we'll see. Also, Kadar Hallman is injured. So he's not going to play. So a very empty defensive back room. Which does not... Smell anything nice for the New York Giants? But here is the COVID nineteen list of recently. Before we go into rankings, Cam Brown, Aaron Robinson, Oshane Zimenez, Adore Jackson, Xavier McKinney, Kadarius Tony, which it's been a real cycle with him, and John Ross. As for Xavier McKinney, he is the only player that was close contact. And with that being said, if he tests negative, I think, twice in the next 24 hours, he should be able to go on Sunday. We'll see what happens. If he cannot go for some reason, then it's going to be another shit show. But I have my arguments on many other different things about the NFL postponing games. That's just not going to be in this episode. But let's go into rankings. Dallas Cowboys... Offense. They rank second in total yards per game, fifth in passing offense, sixth in rushing offense, and second in points per game. Defensive side of the ball, they rank 23rd in total yards per game, 23rd in pass defense, 14th in rushing defense, and 11th in points per game. You look at the Giants' offense. They rank 25th in total yards per game, 20th in passing offense, 26th in rushing offense, and 27th in points per game. You look at the defensive side of the ball, which. Has not been consistent of late. They've been terrible. I mean, they let Tua Iloa dice them up. And it's surprising that they only scored 20 points in that game. And they let Justin Herbert carve them up in the first quarter. So, really the first half, actually. But first quarter does not make a difference. I think it was 7-7 in the first quarter. Then it was 24-7 at the end of the half. Doesn't matter. We lost the game. Defensive side of the ball, 26th in total yards per game, 19th in passing defense, 25th in rushing defense, 21st in points per game. Things to look for, players to watch. Dak Prescott, I'll pull some stats out from the last few games and also the last game because he's been on a downfall and it's not, oh my god, he's throwing six interceptions compared to one touchdown, no. But he's slowed down, and something to notice with this Cowboys team, they've slowed down a little bit. I believe they're 2-2 two two in their last four. They lost the Raiders, they lost the Chiefs, but they won against the Saints, and they won against the football team. But Dak has slowed down, Zeke has slowed down a little bit, but the defense is also something to worry about because they are on the up. With that being said, though, Dak on the season has a completion percentage of 679 3381 yards 7.4 per throw meaning yards 290.6 yards per game 24 touchdowns and 10 interceptions sacked 22 times now stats from last game which go into the trend of the last four Dak prescott 22 for 39 211 yards five point four yards per throw one touchdown and two interceptions sacked four times so that's something to keep an eye on his first eight games 20 touchdowns five interceptions 70.2 completion percentage and 8.38 yards per attempt you take a look at the last four four touchdowns five interceptions 63.9 completion percentage 6.09 yards per attempt and you look at Ezekiel Elliott on the season you can also take a look at Tony Pollard because it looks like he's going to play Ezekiel Elliott 185 rushes 810 yards 4.4 yards per carry eight touchdowns one fumble this season you take a look at Tony Pollard 107 rushes 602 yards 5.6 yards per carry and two touchdowns this season And you take a look at Zeke last game, who didn't really fare well. I have to say that the Washington defense has been on an up recently. I guess it was just turnovers last week, but then again, Dallas turned it over a few times and got them back in the game, which the final score was 27-21 or something like that. But Zeke had 12 rushes for 45 yards. That's 3.8 yards per carry. Not great, and his longest run was for 7 yards, but... Giants have a horrible rushing defense. They may or may not be without Leonard Williams and Austin Johnson, which does not help the cause. The receiving core, CeeDee Lamb, is the leading receiver. 64 receptions, 890 yards, 6 touchdowns. I think the last game of the season, the Giants held him to a certain amount of yards where he couldn't get over 1,000 yards last season. So that is something interesting. I'm not saying he's going to go for 110 yards this game. He might, because that actually puts him over 1,000 yards on the season. But he's definitely going to, either way, go over 1,000 yards this season because he is a good receiver. He's a good slot receiver. But I don't know if I said his stats already, but he's got 64 receptions on 890 yards, 13.9 per catch, six touchdowns, about 74.2 yards per game. Take a look at Amari Cooper who a lot of people destined to be uh, Dak's number one receiver, 51 receptions, 675 yards, 6 touchdowns, 13.2 yards per catch, and he's got about 61.4 yards per game. If you look at Dalton Schultz, the top tight end, which is someone to definitely keep an eye on. Total of 53 receptions, 584 yards, 11 per catch, and 4 touchdowns. Cedric Wilson is definitely going to play this game. He's coming off the COVID list, so another guy to watch. 32 receptions, 438 yards on the season, 13.7 per catch, and 3 touchdowns. You take a look one more time at another receiver, Michael Gallup. Total of 27 receptions, 324 yards, and 1 touchdown, 12 per catch. He was on IR for a little bit, so you do have to factor that in. In terms of the offensive line, there's not much to say. They've been pretty good this season. They've allowed... The 11th least sacks in the NFL, that's at 22, I think, something around there. So, something to keep in mind that this offensive line is not easy to penetrate, but once again, Dak was sacked four times last week. Then again, that needs context because sometimes quarterbacks can control how many times they've been sacked, hit, stuff like that if you're mobile at the defensive side of the ball, something I am very scared about for this Giants offense and depleted offense at that because Daniel Jones is not starting. It's Mike Lennon one more time. Micah Parsons. He's definitely going to win defensive player of the year, or I should say rookie defensive player of the year. He might actually win defensive player of the year, and a lot of people are putting him in this MVP race. I don't think he's going to get it. I think it's going to be Tom Brady. But with that being said, he has been outstanding. And the Giants passed up on him. I'm not going to make any views on it yet. I'm not going to draw any conclusions or whatever and go back and use my hindsight because the Giants have one more pick uh, next year other than the first round pick they already have. So they have two first-round picks, and it's going to be looking at several different things in hindsight. It's going to be Micah Parsons, or their two picks next year, or the pick this year and the pick next year. It's going to be a lot of stuff, but that's going to be in the offseason. But Micah Parsons is tearing it up right now. On the season, he has 75 tackles, 17 tackles for a loss, 27 quarterback hits, 41 quarterback pressures, 12 sacks. And surprisingly, he does not have an interception on the season, but his completion percentage and his coverage stats are also good. I heard in college that he couldn't cover, but obviously that is not true. He's allowed 19 completions on 31 targets, 61.3 completion percentage allowed, 155 yards, 8.2 yards allowed per completion, 5 per target, 74 passer rating, no touchdowns given up. And he's also third in pressures NFL wide I believe Yannick Ngakwe Nick Bosa and Max Crosby are up there actually they may be up there in quarterback hits but they're in that same category he's in that same category as Yannick Ngakwe Nick Bosa and Max Crosby so Mike Parsons is definitely exceeding any expectations that people had on him so Randy Gregory he's another guy that the Giants should really look out for I'm not going to do any cornerbacks other than Trayvon Diggs because he is having a good season I know he allows a lot of yards but jumping routes and creating turnovers is definitely good for the defensive side of the ball but when we get there we'll get there Randy Gregory on the season he's only played eight games but he's had some impressive stats he did have a big game last game including an interception on the season Total of 11 tackles, 24 pressures, which is interesting. Not a lot of defensive ends have more pressures than tackles. 14 quarterback hits, three tackles for loss, six sacks, and as I mentioned, the interception. Demarcus Lawrence, who will be returning this game, no. He played last week. He played the week before, but he was put on IR for a certain extent of time. The Giants did not see him in week five. So. They'll be seeing him here, and Demarcus Lawrence will probably wreak havoc on the Giants, knowing that it's the Giants, and he will be playing against Nate Solder and not Andrew Thomas. And if he goes against Andrew Thomas, we'll see what happens. But if he goes against Nate Solder, well, Mike Glennon's going to get sacked at least twice by Demarcus Lawrence. But with that being said, his stats on the season, a total of nine tackles, five pressures, two tackles for a loss, three quarterback hits, and one sack. And you move to Trayvon Diggs, who a lot of people dislike, a lot of people think he's overrated. I personally want to not judge, or I should say not to judge, because, well, the Giants, right? The Giants. He had an interception on the Giants a few weeks ago in Dallas, and, you know, some of their defensive players are better than ours most of them with that being said because if you hear any background noise i apologize and let's go into trayvon digg's stats so he's been targeted a shit ton of times more than last season he's given up more yards than last season but with that being said he has nine interceptions on the year He's allowed 47 completions on 87 targets, a 54% completion percentage, 757 yards, 16.1 yards per completion allowed, 8.7 yards per target allowed, four touchdowns given up, 59.1 passer rating. So it's a mixed bunch there. It's a mixed bunch, and I know I'm not supposed to be defending any opponent any opponent's players but if you give up a certain amount of yards you have to be discredited for it but in this case Trayvon Diggs he has the interceptions to cover it he has the interceptions to compensate for it so and it's not like the Cowboys defense is the worst in the league not like last year this year they actually have a better defense and it's coming along and i feel like it's going to be a good thing in the playoffs if they do make a run we saw that with the chiefs in 2019 the chiefs were a really bad defense in 2018 they figured it out halfway in 2019 and then they went on for a run but also uh as i mentioned the offensive line going back to the stat that i mentioned earlier about the 11th at least, uh, 11th least sacks allowed. They've allowed 28 on the season, 24 on deck, and I believe 4 on Cooper Rush, who did start that game against the Vikings, but questions to answer, offense, it's going to be very dull questions, it's not going to be serious, because, well, how can you be serious about any of these games? You have to have some fun, but how can you be serious, and I don't know, it's just the feeling in giant land right now, but... Does it get so bad that Jake Fromm plays? A lot of people have been saying, including some beat writers, and Jerry Japlinski said it, and Film Talk Football said it, who is somewhat of a reliable source, said that Jake Fromm is being put into the game plan. He's working in there. He's getting close to playing. So I feel that this game is definitely going to be a blowout. And in that case, put him in. What's the worst that can happen? I'm not going to sit here like other fans and say, if he comes in and makes a couple mistakes, I'm not going to say, oh, Mike Glennon was better, blah, 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 because I know what to expect from Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm could be here competing for a spot next year while Mike Glennon is on a boat somewhere in Bermuda. I don't know. I don't know. But Mike Glennon has a lesser chance of being here next year as the backup or as any type of quarterback than Jake Fromm does. So see what you have in him if it does get so bad. I honestly do want him to start at this point, but it is what it is. I'm a YouTube content creator for a reason and not a coach. How many sacks stops in the running game does this online give up? Let's reference the stats. Let's reference the stats. I'm not going to go back on sacks for the Cowboys defense, but they are 14th in rushing defense and I don't think that the Giants will have the same production this week as they did in the running game against the Chargers because the Chargers are, I believe, 30th against the run. So I don't expect much in the running game, whether it be Saquon Barkley, Gary Brightwell, Eli Penny, or Devontae Booker. In terms of sacks, DeMarcus Lawrence is definitely going to have a chip on his shoulder because he did not see the Giants the first time around, and DeMarcus Lawrence hates the Giants. We all know that. Who's the leading receiver? Shepard's likely playing this week, Galladay's playing this week, who knows, it might be Farrell Cooper or Colin Johnson, could be Kyle Rudolph again, I'll say Evan Ingram, I know I said that last week, but it was a damn shame they really didn't get him involved, I think he had three catches, less than maybe, defensive side of the ball, who is the cornerback to, who's the slot corner? Options are Julian Love, Jaron Williams, Stephen Parker, Xavier McKinney, Logan Ryan. So there could be definitely a possibility that Logan Ryan plays corner, but I'm not counting on it, especially if Xavier McKinney's out. Maybe Stephen Parker plays safety for a couple snaps, but I do think that Jaron Williams is going to play the slot spot. I definitely think that Julian Love is going to rotate between safety and cornerback too, because... I'm not confident in Jaron Williams at cornerback two. I would rather Julian Love and Julian Love did play cornerback two against the Cowboys last year when they had Andy Dalton. Now it's a different story because it's Dak Prescott's a better offense. But at this point, throw in who you want to throw in, evaluate who you want to evaluate. Number two, can aziz Jolie, Lorenzo Carter, or Quincy roche take advantage of tyron Smith's temporary replacement and Terrence Steele. Aziz probably would, Quincy probably would, Lorenzo Carter maybe two snaps, and that's it, because I don't have any confidence in Lorenzo Carter, I don't, and this is, what, year four, and he has not made any adjustments to his game, and he has not not gotten better at all, it's all been, oh, he's going to have a big year this year, oh, he's going to have a big year this year, he hasn't proven anything, and he hasn't proven anything. I'm sorry for mumbling and stumbling on that, but he has not proven anything. Number three, this one's going to be interesting. Can the defense try to take advantage of Dax accuracy off the last week, or is this a get-your-shit-together game for Dallas? Dallas is 2-2 two and two in their last four games. They lost to a very shabby Raiders team on Thanksgiving, which looks really bad right now because the Raiders have been kicked around by everybody. It's like the little brother in the family. And then Kansas City, I mean, Kansas City is Kansas City. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. So I believe this is going to be a get-right game for Dallas. Let's look at their schedule coming up. I do believe they face a couple of NFC East opponents coming up in their schedule. So after the Giants, they have Washington at home. Is that a Sunday nighter? Oh, Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Why would they make that a Sunday nighter? But anyway, that's a Sunday nighter. The following Sunday, they play the Cardinals. I believe they'll lose that game because I think the Cardinals are just better, even though they won't have DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins. excuse me. And then they play Philly in Philly, which they may lose because they almost lost to Washington. I feel like that's a trap game for them. But with that being said, um, they have somewhat of an easy schedule coming up if they can make the right adjustments. So I believe, yes, that Sunday is a get-your-shit-together game for Dallas. Keys to survival, Lord oh Jesus Christ. Don't give up the big plays on defense, particularly the cornerback two and the slot corner. It's going to be hard not to when you're facing Michael Gallup and Mari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, and see who else they have. Why am I forgetting somebody? Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, CeeDee Lamb. That's who I forgot, but when you're facing those guys, I feel like there's going to be absolutely no choice. I feel this is another Browns game. Giants faced the Browns last year, obviously. They didn't have James Bradbury, so it was Julian Love and Isaac Yottam as the corners, and that was not good. Baker tore up the defense for, I believe, 295 yards or something like that. And yeah, it was only 20 points, but it was three touchdowns, missed extra points. So combine that with a depleted offense, because Mike Lennon is your quarterback, so Not a good thing for the Giants on Sunday. I'm not being optimistic. Number two, get something rolling on offense. Do what you can do. Score points, find a way. If you can rush the ball and that's working for you, go ahead. If you can do slant routes, easy routes, rub routes, deep plays for some reason, even though Mike Lennon's arm has the equivalence of a noodle arm do it find some way to get going on offense I know Mike Lennon said in a press conference oh well I'm using the momentum from the last few drives we had last weekend as the Chargers garbage time keep talking neckhead but with that being said get something going on offense number three neutralize the impact of Michael Parsons he's going to be on the edge he's going to be in coverage he's going to be tackling in the run game so do what you can against him honorable mention force a turnover try to force a turnover that will help out your offense just a tad bit it will help out the time possession it will help out the field position definitely when your defense is going to be playing soft zone definitely I mean We talk about a lot of these games where Patrick Graham has played soft zone where he really hasn't been aggressive. This is the game where he's going to be the least aggressive. He's probably not going to blitz, you know, on a lot of snaps. If you're looking, and this is just for foreshadowing, I think I'm going to take a look at the end of the week. At the end of week, what are we in? 15 right now. At the end of week 15, I'm going to take a look at blitz rates. I think the Giants will be number 32 because they don't have a corner 2. They don't have a slot corner. They don't have any sort of defensive players that can compete with this Dallas offense. Sorry. Uh, Score prediction. Dallas 38. Giants 14. It's going to be a blowout. And good possibility that one of the two touchdowns or both touchdowns is in garbage time. But I don't see the Giants being competitive. Maybe in the first five minutes of the game, it's 0-0. And then it's just like what they say when you're 21 years old. It's all downhill from here. But that's an episode. Like, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops if you drops. 29 minutes. So, very short podcast episode. I appreciate you guys for coming back. As I said, I apologize. If you any background noise and the lighting, it's not too great, but you guys have an episode. And once again, I apologize for not giving you the full 40 to 50 minutes I usually give you because what are we going to talk about at this point? Oh, the Giants have a chance at this. Oh, the Giants have a chance at that. No, it's going to be the same episode as last week. And unless the Giants do something drastic, this is how it's going to be the rest of the season. So a very... dull preview episode but peace out guys see you later stay cool also one more thing guys i apologize for the lack of content on the channel had a lot of finals this past week i'm trying to get it going with the yankee content and with the giants content as well because i know there was a couple of things this past week peace out guys see you later stay cool